Two Poor Bastards contains explicit content and drunken ramblings. Listener discretion is advised. PCs, PC gamings, all the things that go into it, mm-hmm. the culture of, I suppose, and Kyle and myself, we are layman's at this. We have no idea, so this is going to be very interesting for us. So we're going to ask some really dumb questions. What is politically correct gaming? Yeah, <laughs> what is? Know. Yeah, exactly. It's not at all. And uh, for the whiskey this week, we're going to get into an orphan barrel pick. It's called Rhetoric Twenty Two Year. Uh, and you freshly cracked this open for us. It just opened it up. I've had it sitting in my bunker for a while, and I figured, why not? So that's pretty exciting. Here's um, the thing. I was looking at my bottles that I had, and I had the two unopened uh, ones of Weller and Weller 107 and this. And I was like, what would I rather open first? And I picked this. That's funny. So is there... A, like, why are you holding on to the? Are you holding on to the Weller a little bit more, or like what? Well, yeah, since I don't know where I'm gonna get it next, I just don't want to blow through it. I mean, I do, but right. I don't mm-hmm. if I don't have a backup. And you don't want to spend eighty dollars in the secondary market for it? No, a thirty dollar bottle of whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> after the markup and shipping and all that. Yeah, yeah that's mm. pretty astronomical. So I'm pretty excited. I know that you've, you know, you speak highly of orphan barrel and as i said they're orphan barrel so they're one-offs correct pretty much uh most of the stuff in orphan barrel is a one and done bottling um digio is the parent company of orphan barrel they own a lot of other whiskey companies and they are famously known as talking up this orphan barrel stuff a little more than it really is basically what they have done is they have acquired a lot of extra aged barrels that might not have made the grade for their respective companies. And they take them. Most of them, I can tell this by taste, are charcoal filtered. Charcoal filter them to make them a little more palatable and then put them out on the market and say, hey, this is special stuff. Ooh, fancy with, packaging. With the rhetoric, there is a lot of bottles, and they've been doing an aging experiment with them where they've been releasing them every year. So they've gone from 20 year up to 25 will be the next release, and that'll be the last one. So Digio, what do they? What else do they make? What are their... Well, they just own a bunch of different distilleries, whether gotcha. it's whiskeys or vodkas, gins. Are they like an MGP? No. Okay. No, they're they're like big like border foods type thing gotcha. where they own a bunch of companies. So they're conglomeration. Yeah, so they they own like Bullet. Gotcha. They own that. All right. So what is special about this particular uh barrel? What what do we got as far as info? It's, just... uh, it's 22 years old. It's questionable as to where it came from. My best guess would be Brown Foreman, maybe Heaven Hill. 
is my best guess. I don't know. Well, uh, just sniffing it a little bit, it doesn't smell terrible. So No, it's pretty smooth. I mean, I usually whiskey would be a little pungent to me, and mm-hmm. this is pretty nice. So... Eric, you are yes. a you're not a whiskey person no. per se. I am a uh, I'm an IPA beer man by trade or by hobby. So this is going to be a good perspective for someone who's yeah. So we're going to give layman. some old stuff to someone who doesn't know too much about whiskey and is fairly low rent with what they ingest. Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, this is forty five point two percent. Oh, okay. Alcohol. I like that. Odd number with the point two, but you know, do, you know what I'm thinking about is: do they do the weird proofs to stretch the bottles? Do I'm you ever... sure they probably did. Well, like from my experience, from my buddy who owns a Scalvin up uh, in Brooklyn Park, when he makes vodka for the first time, it is like 190 proof, and he has to par it down. Yep. So it's somewhere in their process they decided, okay, probably whatever that is. I'd say like most grain alcohol is forty proof, proof down to that About range. Forty percent, yeah, 80, 40 80 to hundred proof, proof, and is typically what you see, right? Mm-hmm. And then forty to forty-five, yeah, gotcha. So, but my thought is because they're orphan barrels and they're you know supposed to be special, do they proof it down a little bit more to squeeze a few extra bottles? I'm sure out of they it? do. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, cut it down. We'll make this last. Maybe they're like, we want to release X amount of barrels over X amount of years with this. So to get five different releases, get it up to 25 years old, maybe they thought, okay, you know, we'll probably have to set it down to this given evaporation in the barrel and all that. All that good stuff. There's probably a lot more that goes into it. If anyone knows, has the details to this, let us know. I'm curious. Obviously, I'm asking it and... That'd be really cool for us to get to the bottom of it. So, uh, again, uh, please, if you have any, uh, you know, suggestions for us, comments, reach out to us. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can always get a hold of us on twopoorbastards.com. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your opinion. Give us suggestions of what we can dig into. If you've got a, a whiskey that you want us to tear apart or something that you really love, uh, you know, certainly suggest that to us, and we're always open to uh, at least let that. it be something we can get if you aren't going to send us a sample. Yeah, yeah. Just remember that we're in the the Minneapolis market, so don't tell us to do pappy if we can't get that shit. Yeah, don't because it ain't gonna happen. I mean, maybe what, like the stars have to align. You've got to give a pint of blood, and you have to be chosen and sacrifice an offspring later on for us to get it bottled, or just buy it off secondary market. I guess there is that. Anyways, let's get on to this. So Mm -hmm. it smells like leathery. You get a little bit of candy and a little bit of fruit out of it. Yeah, I I hear some sweet in there. It really is. You know, like, but the funny thing is, that is a perfectly appropriate description for a whiskey. But if you were to give that description to any other food item, that would be a horrendous description. It smells like leather. (laughs) Now let's eat this. And not fruit leather. Or is it? Is that even a thing? That's not a thing. Yeah, fruit leather is like fruit roll-ups. They, like that, when you get, that, get the non-fruit yeah, that, roll-up shit, yeah. they call okay. it fruit leather. Like That's the knockoff shitty stuff. <laughs> well, like the shit you, you get, get at like Trader Aldi? Joe's. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, you know, like... Like marshmallow mateys as opposed to Lucky Charms. Right, yeah. 
bitter. You, you can definitely little taste bit, the really... tannins in the wood from it being aged as long as it is. The initial mouthfeel is pretty subtle, but then mm-hmm. when you swallow it, it, it hits you. There's a little bit on the back end. Yeah. The finish on this is pretty good. Yeah. I do like the finish. But it sticks like... around and it's long. Yeah, it does. But like, there's nothing on the front end. Or not much on the front end, I should say. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's mm-hmm. not great. It's good. Yeah. Would you say it was worth the money for what you're drinking? Yeah, what's the what's the damage on this bottle? It was like 120 bucks. That's actually... I mean, it's not terrible. It's not terrible, no. Right. But this is... Is it Speaking worth- of Pappy, it's definitely better than the last release of the 12, 15, or 20-year version of it. By a long shot, I would say. You're lucky that you had the opportunity to have that taste. I, I'll take your word for it. Was I lucky? Because they were really awful. So, what I'm curious about with like Pappy, not to get off of Orphan Barrel stuff. So, it's made by Buffalo Trace. How do they choose what is going to be a Pappy versus like an Elmer T. Lee? Because they're kind of they're they're part of the antique collection, right? They're not. Well, Pappy is its own thing. The antique collection is another thing. But basically, the cherryest of barrels that are initially Weller get chosen to be the Pappies now. Before, they had leftover barrels from Stitzel Weller. Mm. And that's what used to be the Pappies, but all that is gone now in the newer releases. So everything, I think it was from three years back and on, is all Buffalo Trace stuff. Gotcha. No okay. longer Stitzel Weller juice. And that's that's really what it was famous for, is it being Stitzel Weller you know, distilled. So, it's what you're saying. It's now it's originally meant for the Weller line, and then whatever the best of the best of those goes on to the other, the Pappy and the yeah. Because I mean, originally and always, Pappy has been you know a weeded bourbon, mm-hmm. so corn, wheat, malted barley instead right. of rye. Gotcha. But this is okay. It's real easy drinking because mm-hmm. it is charcoal filtered. And I mean, this stuff's bottled in Tullahoma, Tennessee. And that's where George Dickel comes from. And Dickel is famously charcoal filtered. Right. Now, what do you think of George Dickel? Do you like that shit? I, I don't. No. I've had a few things, like even extra age stuff from the gift shop. And it's nothing great. Tennessee whiskey. So <laughs> enough said right there. All right. And so with Tennessee whiskey, you're saying it's famous for being charcoal filtered? No, just, just famous George... for sucking because it's made in Tennessee. <laughs> it's really curious to me how... <laughs> like Jack Daniels. Well, yeah, Jack Daniels sucks ass. Although someone did tell me to get some of their like better stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm not... It might not... be okay, but... The... You're paying for a name. Yeah. You really are. When you go better for that. A it's shitty like, name. 
that is made for selling shirts like Harley Davidson is made for selling shirts and clothes. Like, I, and you would think that there would be someone within the company that would be like, you know what, let's do like a super high-end like thing. Well, they do have a few like the Frank Sinatra themed ones and all that, but I'm still not putting the money up to even sample that shit. I've got a friend who lives down in Argentina who is nuts for Jack Daniels shit, and he has a bunch of fancy bottles, and it's just like, dude, you need to start drinking something else. But you live in Argentina, so you probably can't get anything good, so keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. God bless you. (laughs) At least you're drinking whiskey. That's true. All right, so, yeah, I agree. It's very, it's easy to drink. It's got a nice finish on it. Yeah, it is, because I'm not really much of a, I mean, and I'm I'm doing all right with it. Yeah, you don't hate it, so. No, I'm, I'm still sipping it. I dig it. I, yeah, it's I like it. It's definitely distinct from a lot of the stuff that we've been drinking. As, as you said, the, the higher tannin, mm-hmm. the aged part of it really sticks out, which I like that. I think it's a good uh, thing in your collection to like, hey, I'm looking for a particular flavor that I think would hit the spot. $120? Mm, yeah. Eh, you know, I mean, it's definitely better than the fucking Whistle Pig. Was yes. that that one you had last time that you were talking about? That yeah. one was pricey too, wasn't it? Yeah. Nine, basically 90 bucks, all said and done. Yeah. And that's the cheapest of that version. <laughs> they only go up from there, yeah. Yeah, so we neither one of us were very impressed with... I mean, it was a good rye, but it was like... I would say I'd pay $40 for that bottle. If it was $40, I'd buy it, yeah. No, and it would no be question. like, hey, this is a great $40 bottle of, of whiskey, but it, not 90 But I... $30 will get you a better bottle of rye whiskey than that. All day. All day. So that's... 36 You get Michter's rye at 36 and that's better than that. $30 for Sazerac, that's better than that. Mm-hmm. I have that even. Yes. That's good. <laughs> so are we... That's probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. The best whiskey I've ever had was the Sazerac 18-year-old that came out of the stainless steel tank that they had a bunch in for many years. Interesting. Okay. And like anything... That's the best thing I've ever had. Shit. How much was it when it hit the shelves? Well, when it came out, like all the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, the manufacturer suggested retail price is $80. That's not terrible. But after secondary market, it's like 700 Holy fuck. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I'm really excited about whiskey season and I really wanted like, like I'm hoping that we can get the 130 year four roses. 130th anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) That shit was 130 years old. No, anniversary. You're right. 130th anniversary version of four roses. I misspoke. Yep. Uh, Four roses, small batch. Yep. I'm, I really would like to get my hands on that i'm hoping that they produce enough where it's not super super allocated um have you had any other four roses stuff i've had single barrel and small batch okay yeah out of the two uh, yeah i do too i prefer the single barrel so in four roses is not uh it's not a bad whiskey and i I think we'll get well i think we will do an episode on it because i think the single barrel is pretty good i don't remember it being outrageously priced no so, no, um, I, you know, I'm definitely, I like it. Um, but that, you know, it's whiskey season. I'm hoping that we get our hands on some, on some stuff here. Spoken like a true noob. 
come whiskey season. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to get anything. And now I'm just like, oh, every year it's worse and worse and you can't get shit. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm putting... I hope you get something. I hope you don't get what I want, though, because then I'll be mad. <laughs> you know what? I found the single barrel Colonel Taylor or the cask strength Colonel Taylor. Yeah, you did. So, so fuck you. <laughs> and you got the only one. And I shared it with you, though. You did share it with me. So, so, and it's open for your tasting whenever you want. So, you know, I have hope. All I want this year, all I want is a bottle of George T. Stagg. Been chasing it for years and I've never been able to get it. That's all I want. There's probably people <laughs> listening to us like, you fucking idiots. I get that every day of the week. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people out there who get oh, that somehow. That. And it's not fair. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I follow a lot of, of whiskey uh, things on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and they're like, oh, here's my Weller Hall, and they've got a case of Weller, and I just, like, middle fingers to they, you. like, live next door or something? I, I, I don't know how Somehow these... some of these people can get things. Like, I saw someone put up a picture, and they had eight bottles of Weller uh, CYPB. And it's just like, how? And, you know, the thing is, is like, it shouldn't be so hard to get it because it's not a super fancy bottle. It's well, I mean that one is a special. Release, well, that one, but so. re- regular Weller. But even Weller, like Weller Twelve, I see someone with a bunch of bottles of that. I'm like, fuck that, because I haven't even seen it on a shelf ever. I've only seen it in lotteries. Even Weller Special Reserve, the cheapest one. If someone's got, if they're posted more than two bottles that they got, fuck, fuck you. Yeah, so that's what I saw. It's just a special reserve. That's what, 30, 30 bucks a bottle? Not even that. You know what? If Total Wine gets it, it's $17 a bottle. What? Fucking A. Yeah. And we can't fucking get it for shit. No. So, and what I need to do is get on that stupid Total Wine mailing. You can request bottles so that when things come in, they give you a notification, which is better than just showing up and trying to find it. Or so, buy enough wine that you get included into their concierge service, and then you get first crack at all the good stuff that comes fuck, in. I don't. I they don't have enough good stuff for me to want to do that. But who drinks wine? Yeah, I don't. Ugh. I'm not a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink it. I mean, I'll drink it too. If you put it in front of me, I'd rather have white wine. Yeah, I feel like in a You'd little. Bo- I feel like getting a little bomb the other night. I didn't want to go buy anything, and then we had all this wine just sitting around that's been there for like a couple of years. Like, all right, I'm tear into this. A bottle of wine will do the trick in a pinch. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, anyways, are we done with the whiskey piece? Are we? Yeah, um, we can move on. We said yeah. all the. I mean, we were scooting all over the road here. Rhetoric well. twenty two. Yeah, it's all right. It's yeah. All, how many slitches would you give it? Six six schlitzes. Six schlitz, whatever's free. Uh, that's cool. Okay, so Eric, we brought you on to talk about uh, PCs, PC gaming, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really brought you on here to talk at us about Yeah, things. you talk, talk at us at about us. it because we don't know. Like, I know what a computer is. Yeah, we're, we have one here. Yeah, it's recording this stuff. And I've been able to like hit enough buttons to get it to function. What, tell us about the broader spectrum, what you are specifically into. So, like, I've actually worked in IT since 99. So, I kind of know it. And I got into that by, so, in the 80s when no one had a computer, my mom's a programmer and my dad's a sysadmin. So, he's the, you know, guy who changes all your passwords, manages everything. 
they both worked in computers since like you know the the early 70s so we had two computers and i of course wanted to play games and my dad either like thinking that i would learn something or not wanting to really do it it's like well you got to figure it out oh so i did (laughs) and that was back in the day when you had to with dos 5 dos 6.2 where playing game was actually a real pain in the ass and you had to make what was the album? So the album that you had recently that had like IRQ numbers and yes, bullshit like that. Master well, Boot Record. Yes. That was all correct. That's what real like, oh, I remember setting IRQ5 is definitely an IRQ setting for your sound card to get a game to play. So I had boot disc and you had to do all that stuff. And that that is actually how I got into it. And I remember the first part I installed was I was playing Earth Siege, which is a game from the late 80s or early 90s and it's kind of like a mech warrior type game and okay. it definitely gets my interest yes but yeah you're in big mechs then but it was it was actually 3d and if if your computer had eight megabytes of ram i, I said megabytes yeah. <laughs> yeah your mechs could have textures on them so like mm. i saved a lot of money and bought four more megabytes of ram to Did double my eight hundred dollars it cost me 250 dollars. i'm pretty sure maybe 300 because I had to save for a fucking while to get that. That's wild. And I put that in, and I got textures on my Earth Siege Max, and it was it was amazing. And I can't believe I still remember that. that. was the day you <laughs> turned into a man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got textures on my Max. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, I think the actual first experience I had, though, was uh, I wanted to play X-Wing, which was from 87, I believe, 88 maybe. And I needed... 12 megabytes of hard drive space free and we only had seven so i had to work with my dad to like free up that space to take the five three and a half inch floppies to install on the computer and uh yeah that's really how i got into it and then i just kept going and then i think we got a nintendo later and i was kind of into that but i just i just like dorking around with the computer so much that that's it like i just kept going and going and going and uh, that's like how I got into it. It's just because uh, that's what I had. So that's what I worked with, really. I get that. It's kind of like, you know, modifying things. Like, I will get stuff and I can't just leave it alone. So I got to dink with it and change things and mm-hmm. try to make it better. So yeah. I totally get that aspect of it. That totally makes sense. Now, how much have you wrecked in the process of dinking around? Ah, <sighs> uh, boy. Yeah, fair amount. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've wrecked something. Like, I did the. I did the pin bend once and they don't really have pins on process anymore. So when you get your motherboard, you have to put your processor and you have to put it in a certain way. And if you don't put it in very gently and the correct way, then you have to like do this thing that clamps it down. So it stays sick. Uh. And back when they had pins, if you didn't put it in exactly right, you'd bend the pins and that is a not covered under warranty. So you just, you just, you just killed your motherboard and your processor. Okay. And you so get to, I did that once. I, I have seen, like threads on the internet, like yeah. PC horror stories, and mm-hmm. they'll show pictures of like the pins bent and yeah. just totally fucked up. On so that. now they're pinless. Like they figured that out. Like that's a dumb idea. We need to not. <laughs> and so most of it, I haven't seen pins in a while. You can still kind of fuck it up, I think, but they ha- I haven't seen pins in a while. So they've removed that portion of it. So yeah. So what is it's all, so you've been doing this. From the very early for days, all of time, for all of time, 
since I can remember, basically. Really, since it's been since PC has been around, essentially, because yeah. it, it, PCs are early '80s onwards. So, yep. what has been the, the like the biggest thing to you, like the shocking thing or like surprising thing, impressive thing, maybe? Biggest breakthrough. Uh, oh man, that's tough. Graphics cards were huge, and that was in the mid '90s, if I if I remember correctly. I forget the first graphics card company, but having a separate graphics card was pretty big because that I mean that really because there were games like they made game and then I think they got they had a partnership with whatever hardware manufacturer that was making them. Like you could buy this game if you don't have a graphics card, but fuck you because it's gonna run like shit and you're just gonna hate all of it. And they did some of it. That that was probably the biggest thing. And then maybe. The integration of sound cards and CD-ROMs. CD-ROMs are a big thing just because you could do full motion video, um, crap like that. It's, yeah, it's either CD-ROMs or video cards. Those were kind of the big thing. And now when you're building a gaming PC, like, yeah, you're, all, a lot of your other components matter, but it, the video card is, is the linchpin because you can have everything else great, but if your video card is kind of meh, then everything's just going to run like crap. So tell me about Moore's Law. Oh, the... So that is Moore's Law. That is the doubling of the um, that's the doubling of the amount of silicon on a processor every eighteen months, and obviously that's exponential. So I've heard at some point in time that that gonna be physically impossible. Physically impossible. They've been so saying that away? for like twenty five years though, and then it still <laughs> keeps happening. Still yeah, they've been saying that since the nineties, and I mean, granted, it's probably getting closer nowadays than it is but yeah that's tough because like so the speaking of the new the new iphones and i I hate to classify that into gaming but they have the first chip that's made on a seven nanometer production process and so kind of what that means is so on a seven nanometer production process the space between uh transistors is seven nanometers which is very very small and because even like six years ago, it was in micrometers, which is a millionth of a meter. And now it's already in a billionth of a meter, seven billionths of a meter. I can't comprehend that small. Well, you can't see it without an electron microscope, I'm pretty sure. And so why that matters, that means you can fit more on the same amount of size. You can jam more transistors in there. But what that also means is it uses less power and produces less heat. Because what takes power and makes heat is the jump from transistor. And the longer the jump, the more power it takes, the more heat it takes. So, so old computers were hot as fuck because they're yes. jumping a football field, basically. Yeah, I'm really C- learning compar- shit here. Compared like to today, this. yeah. So, yeah. So, seven nanometers is... And so, you know, like Apple or not, thinks it, thinks it makes gaming too casual. You know, whatever. Get over it. They... they they're push, they've pushed the processor ahead of everyone, even Intel and everyone else. But also Intel's a bigger giant as far as processor makes, and they have to do all other sorts of stuff where Apple's like, no, we're going to make these three things, and that's it, and we're going to do them great, and now they're ahead. So that's that. Okay. So we're getting closer to the silicon apocalypse, but we're, not really. But, yeah, so what happens is as – so there's always a time, or it seems to, when they release these that, like – so it's like, oh, we can't really push it anymore. And then till they figure out how to make that process smaller, they do they figure out tweaks and ways around things. Like Intel did a thing called the 3D gate. It's actually not 3D. It's like a tri-way gate. 
So like normally the transistors just go back and forth two dimensionals, but they made a transistor that can go three ways. And that essentially made the amount you could do with the same amount of silicon, like uh, 150% more. So they, in the lull of them trying to figure out how to make things smaller, they'll, they'll find new things like the multiple core thing or the trigate thing or what have you. Or sometimes when they're doing really good at, at decreasing the manufacturing size of the transistors, they'll they'll be really good at doing that, but they'll forget about efficiency. And then so while they're slowing down, they'll figure out how to redo the architecture so it works better in what it has. So, so how kind of- do you how do you make how do you create a space that's seven nanometers separated consistently. It's not like you can take it to a CNC machine mm-hmm. and just router it out. You're talking electron microscope level of detail. Yeah, so it's basically the way they do it, or from what I've seen and what I understand, it's basically a stamp, right? And so when you buy a processor for a computer, they're all made exactly the same initially. But some of them, the ones that work out perfectly are their high-end ones, and those are the ones that they charge more for. Some of them, portions of it fail. So instead of remaking them, they just chunk the portions that fail off of it and sell it as a cheaper processor. So they just run through that one process, and then, oh, this part failed, and if they can get enough out of it to make a working processor, then they do it. So it's basically a an electron stamp of some sort. So it's almost like you could compare that to diamonds. Like you've got a flawless diamond Mm -hmm. and that one is more expensive than say a similar sized and cut one Mm -hmm. that may have a flaw in it. Okay. What's amazing to me is that it's like, Oh, this isn't right. Oh, we'll still sell it. We'll just sell it. We'll just take the bad part off real quick. And you got most of it. You're good. That's incredible to me. So here's the burning. How does it even work like that? If not all of it works. That's, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not, a hardware engineer so i don't know like the particular details but that's the that's the overall process of how because they the manufacturing process is the same they just remove those parts that does right. so now time for a very very personal question mm-hmm. amd or intel you know i'm intel for a while i i did amd uh probably 10 or 15 years ago for a good chunk and then amd just doesn't keep it up i mean they're you know they're they're still good but I just see more quality out of Intel where AMD keeps struggling to keep up that some of their qual I that's 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 a very fanboy thing to say and, and I hate myself for saying it almost. <laughs> that's because the whole point the, of the show. It's it's fanboyism. Yeah. There is a lot of fanboyism and I, I I I've had Intel for the last decade. That that's what I've had. All right. And and then I'm out on the same coin, I've also been NVIDIA for almost a decade as well, too. And I'm really sucked into it now because I have a G-Sync monitor and AMD cards don't work with NVIDIA G-Sync because that's proprietary. And then AMD has their own version of it called FreeSync. And, uh, but that has a one millisecond response time guaranteed or less. And it can do 144 frames a second, which is just mind-blowing to the eye. I think it's amazing. I wish that that kind of technology would make its way into consumer televisions. 144 hertz and one millisecond response times. I want one millisecond response time. I don't care about the 144 hertz because I only yeah. want 60. I suppose. Yeah, because to be honest with you, as long as it's 60, I'm usually okay. And to get 144 frames on a modern game is, even on 1080p, where people are trying to run 4K, is barely happening. So describe to me like the the big difference when we're talking about the nuts and bolts. So explain 
30 frames per second, 60 more. Describe Hertz, because there's going to be a lot of people that... I think most people have already oh, yeah. are already lost at what you're talking about. It's true. I can say numbers all day. So a Hertz is... a hertz, One Hertz is one frame per second, generally. So And then the human eye is, what, 60, I think, generally? I couldn't even tell you. I think that... No, and I, but Because I think... And I think that's when you see it, where as long as your game is running at 60 Hertz or more you're going to have a very pleasant experience. Was where it drops below that, you're going to start seeing the jittering and the screen tearing that's really going to fuck with it and like take you out of the experience, which just sucks. I, but for me, saying that, even console games, because I am a console gamer, console games that ran at 30 frames per second, yeah. I mean, that still looks fine to me. Yeah. Well, Film is 20-something frames per second. 24, something like that? Yeah, 24 I, yeah. frames per second. Yeah. And like that's... I like 24 for films, you know, because I don't want that soap opera effect or whatever it's called. Yes. The, the <laughs> I, gross effect. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what it's like. Oh, the you get more frames effect. per second and it looks worse. Like, yeah. how did how did you screw this up so bad? What is it? Yeah, it is, <laughs> it's true. That's totally Here's true. Here's an interesting little thing I just read. So Chris Nolan has made a company to where he's working with TV manufacturers to not fuck his movies up anymore. <laughs> so what the... The big complaint is that the soap opera effect. It is really difficult to, like, in a modern TV, to switch to movie mode. So he's trying to develop and work with TV manufacturers to make it easy for films to be seen as they're meant to be seen, like mm-hmm. default, and not have to go through and fix right. all your settings. To so see going them. off of that, uh, Sony just released, I think it's two TVs that will do Netflix master mode which will override and bypass all of your picture settings to make it be what the director intended it to look like. Well, here's the thing. With HDCP, which is... I don't like uh, Sony TVs. (sighs) What content protection? I forget HDCP. Like copy protection for HDMI stuff. Yeah, but what that also does is it also syncs the source and the TV. Based, or, or, you know, whatever you're playing it off of and your TV. Like, it makes them sync up in one way or another. And I feel like with that, you should be able to be like, okay, I'm seeing uh, 1080p. It's giving me 24 frames. That's what my TV is going to do. There's that is a sim- that is a simple digital handshake that should be able to be done. I think. I mean, I think, and I think that's what Chris Nolan is trying to do is yeah. like make it so that you you know you put the movie in, you don't have to mess around. It just goes straight to that. This what is what Source wants. This is what's this. Yeah. this so is when what you're watching we'll Batman, it's really dark and you can't tell what the fuck's going. On. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he wants it to be just like that. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great point. We want to watch motion blurry darkness. Yeah, it's great. And so, and there's a thing that PC is doing too that I think needs to come into the AV world is DisplayPort. We need to take HDMI and flush it down the toilet. Really? Why? Yes. Well, because number one, they both do the same thing. HD or uh, what is it? DisplayPort's current standard can do 8K at 60 frames a second. So Does it do sound also? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do so you, uh, another thing is, what do you think about the the consistent maximizing of like 2K, 4K, 8K? I know that there's like 8K televisions being made. I think there's some. I think there were at least a few at CES yeah. this January. So sure. what? Why would that matter? Why why do I need an AK television? What is the like so I did the first thing 
I did it first the other day. I pre-ordered a graphics card, which <laughs> seemed a little strange, but I pre-ordered a graphics card. We don't know what the performance is pre-order. Uh, they they have they do they have you know uh, hardware magazines whatever have gotten review copies already. Okay. And they have released benchmarks, so they're yeah they're out there. But uh, I the idea of always pushing it to make something better. I mean, sure, there's a little consumerism there for sure, but at the same time because of what I like, I'm fine with it. And if I'm not into whatever that is, that's pushing that envelope, as long as they're pushing it and trying to actually make something better, I'm kind of okay with it. I mean, I, I agree. But at one point in time, do we jump from a monitor, just a full VR experience? Because AK, my understanding is that people don't perceive the world in 4k. So you can't perceive, you get, more picture mm-hmm. detail in a smaller space but but it's what, like what size display do you need to be able to realize that 8k is better than 4k well, that's or... for me because right now in my living room i have a 60 inch 1080p and i got it for like 900 dollars, like four or five years ago you know like five or six maybe and i thought i was getting a fucking steal and now i can get a 4k of that size for the same price and it's yes like, mm-hmm. yes you can but I think I wouldn't want a 4K at 60 inch from like my couch. I think I need 65 or 70 to even really notice it. Yeah. And my couch, it's a little further away. It's than a decent ways couch, away. But yeah, I there's. It's definitely further away from the TV than where I sit. Yeah. Ten bucks says there's a math formula that tells you some sort oh, of. Oh, there ideal. definitely is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I ignore that, and I, I TV, blow I that shit away right next to it. Yeah, I said, and no, and close. that's and that's fine. But like, there's part of that formula has to be how, how can you tell at what distance per size mm-hmm. are you able to notice? But but anyway, DisplayPort it's our it's way ahead of HDMI. It, uh, it even has part of the standard is a built-in like cable like snap lock, so it won't just come out. You just have to undo it, which I think is cool. And unlike HDMI, it's royalty-free. Mm. HDMI is a royalty if you have anything with it. Display That's why po- HDMI is stamped yeah. on whatever it is, whether it be a receiver or a TV or something. Uh, DisplayPort is open source under the GNU license. The general, I forget what it is. It's whatever Linux uses I'm all as for well. that. I'm, that's cool. Yeah. So And so it's easier and it's cheaper because of that. And as long as you meet that standard. And they're, they're ahead of HDMI. There's just that, too. So... So is HD because I know there's HDMI 2.0. That's the 2.0 B, I believe, is the current one. So is it not currently compatible with like 8K? Hmm. I'm sure it's going to depend on the cable because if you go to buy HDMI cables, they'll say like some are, you know, 4K and HDR compatible. And yeah, yeah. If you if you have a less than a 1.4 and you're using the 4K TV, you're going to see stuttering and screen tearing, and you're only get. Well, no, you, I think you can get 4K, but you only get 30 frames a second. So depending on what you're doing, that might kind of screw it up. But yeah. There's only so much information can flow through the cable, right? Indeed. Is that it? Well, I mean, it's digital. It's ones and zeros. So, I mean, you know. Yes? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, looping back around. So with, yeah. with PC, what is... What's the one like one of the things that really drives you that keeps you going? What gets your gears cranking about PCs? Well, you know what? Uh, it's been this way for a while. Mouse and keyboard as a control scheme. 
like hand especially well, especially for shooters like yes for first person shooter i can i can see and agree yeah that that would be a more accurate way to play the game but i also have a steam controller which is currently personally the best controller ever made if you ask me okay interesting i i've seen it it looks really fucking weird yep it uh, takes it took me like three or four weeks to not hate it and now all of a sudden i didn't want to use anything else because uh like for me like again i'm not a pc person so like playing games on a pc i'm like what do i do with my hands where are the buttons how do i do the things mm-hmm. It's WASD is your, and then it's that it's the left side, and then you have your mouse, and then if you can put buttons on it, it's it's kind of cool. So at my new job, I was riding along in the truck with one of the people who do deliveries, and he was asking me like, "Hey, what are you into?" So I was like, "You know, video games," and he was telling yeah, me about us. how he's into PC games, and he's got this mouse because he likes to play first-person shooters that has like number keys on it too. Oh yeah, there's there's ones that had literally have like nine or twelve thumb keys, so you can just like quickly tap things. And I have one that has like two or three, like I that's that's what the actual it's like. Fuck. How big does this thing have to be to have buttons on there, or yeah. are these buttons microscopic? And how I mean, you... they are small, but they're like when you, you're moving your thumb around. I've kind of used them. You can kind of feel your difference between them, and you kind of go back. And that's usually that's big for MMO people, which I am not one of. Okay. Um, to like. For like, like, cause you know, no, like if you ever played WoW, you have your hotkeys on the bottom. I've never played WoW, so. But so you have like your one <laughs> through 10 and then your plus and equals, which would normally be, you know, your key, your uh, sure. number key on top, but you can translate that all into that thumb pad and you can be playing a bit, 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 just with your thumb real quick and barely have to move your hands at all. So well, it's like just, I could see if you're playing a first person shooter and you need one of those hotkeys to change weapons, that yeah. would be beneficial to have it right there. So you can just blast away. Yeah. One thing I have on mine is it has a. A DPI reducer button. So, like, if you're doing like, so uh, hold on, what is DPI? Dots per inch, apparently. So, like, you know, that's how sensitive. The higher it is, the more sensitive your mouse is. So, like, if you barely move and it's a high DPI, like, you'll fly all around the screen. Okay. And some people have too much of that, and that's ridiculous. But I have. It's a button, and what it does is it drastically reduces the DPI for a second. So, if you're trying to do something precision, so like, you puts your shit in sniper mode. Basically. Yes, basically. <laughs> The, the button is a little crosshair, so it's okay. it's kind of it, it works out really well actually for doing that kind of thing, and I do use it every now and then. But yeah, so okay. that uh, that the control screen is really it for me for playing shooters, and because I, I mean I hook up my controller for whatever because I'm playing the the new Tomb Raider, uh, which is great, and uh, I use a controller for that because that's uh it's you know it's a modern platformer, so you, yeah. I mean they you know they designed it. To, for consoles, so I think obviously mm. a controller. Per, well, maybe what little computer gaming I've done mm-hmm. with you know your control scheme, the WASD, mm-hmm. that like that makes my hand feel like it's cramping up using that for directions. You have giant hands. I don't. I have small hands for how tall I am. But dude, your fingers are like alien fingers. Like they're super long. What? <laughs> All right, fair. Well, going off of that, <laughs> yeah. But still, I feel like my hand it cramps up when I'm playing it like that, and I truly feel like if I was playing a first-person shooter, if I had the left side of a PS4 controller in mm-hmm. my hand and used that for directions, and then a mouse in my right hand, that would be the ultimate setup for playing Doom. That or actually something would like be, that. yeah, you know, that, that might be cool. Like I'm so used to it at this point 
I, I, you know, I would try it, like see how I would do with it, but I can see how that would work for people, at least just for, you know, your, your movement, not necessarily your look. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just for movement. Punch the mouse dance, look. dance re- re- revolution dance pad to beat doom. I'm sure somebody's done that or used they like have. A I'm pretty sure Dreamcast they... bass fishing controller. Play Dark Souls with a banana for fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, like Dark Souls, it's another one I use the control on for PC, and it's great. So I, you know, the mouse and keyboard is what gets me for a lot. Like if I'll play PUBG, that's one I play a fair amount. Or if I play Rainbow Six Siege, that's another one I'll do. Uh, but those are like competitive, like hyper twitchy shooters that... so yeah what is I, I hear people talking you know PUBG and these other and i don't the battle royale as it were i don't what yeah. what is the allure of it why because it's a pc i feel like it's a pc gaming thing and mm. i guess i don't really understand it's it. also you know ps4 because my nephew just had his Fortnite. birthday and all he wanted was Shit, so we could get Fortnite dollars for you know spending Fortnite shit skins. on Fortnite. Oh my god, fuck! See, I, I went don't... to GameStop to get the PSN card to put money on there. The guy asked me, he's like, "What are you gonna use this for?" And instead of saying something cool, I was yeah. like, "It's for my nephew." He rolled his eyes and was and just said Fortnite, and I was like, "How did you fucking know?" He's <laughs> like, "Wow, that's." That's all anybody does. I don't. What the? What is Fortnite? Number okay, one. Okay, so then let's 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 go on a battle royale because that's you know that's a thing. So the actual first one that was kind of popular, especially on PC, was H one Z one King of the Hill, and that was a H one Z one's like some kind of you know I have it because I got it on a humble bundle, but I've never played it actually, which is like is it the Sony released one maybe because there is DayZ. Which is like the first... Daisy was a mod to Arma. Right. And then they made their standalone game. And I think H1Z1 is a Sony? Maybe. I never... Like like I said, I got it on part of a Humble Bundle and I have not touched it. But they were the first ones to do it and then it got popular and they started doing it with streamers and whatever. And I think that's maybe how Disrespect got Dr. Type got his... Uh, started getting big. I don't big. even know what that is. What is that? So Dr. Disrespect is a streamer who... Uh, Wears this really stupid like mullet wig, which I actually kind of appreciate because it looks dumb as hell. And then wears these uh, <laughs> wears these very like ultra military douche uh, Oakleys at all time. Well, well that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a it's a persona, and it gets him money. So what am I going to be mad about that? No, good good for him. Yeah, I would like to make money playing video games. Yes, so would I. Terribly fast one marine on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the follow. Uh, yes, follow the. Uh, so that that's kind of where it started, and that's where it got big. And then Player Unknown is like this guy's handle, and he made a he made his own version of it. It's kind of it's very, I I'd have to double check, but I think it's based upon the Arma engine because it very looks very Arma ish. It's kind of this weird Eastern European shooter feel, and uh, so he made a first person shooter, and it was just the battle royale. So, and you know, there's. That goes back to the the Battle Royale movie from, when was that, the early 90s? Uh, The Japanese Japanese movie. movie. Yeah. And uh, so what it is, is like, so this plane goes over this island, like, and that's what you can all jump out whenever, and you have nothing on you, like no weapons or anything like that. So you have to pick up weapons, and then the last person to survive wins. But what it does is, like, randomly there's what they call a red zone, where there's just a section of the map that will get shelled with artillery, so you can either run out of the zone or hide in a building. And then the circle, as they call it, shrinks in, as time goes on. If 
you're outside the circle, you take damage, eventually you'll die. And then, so what it does is it forces everybody into a tiny area and to like, cause once you're dead, the game's over, you don't get to respawn. It's over. So like, once you get to like, there are hundred initially. So once you get to like 20, it gets a little, it gets a little intense. Cause you're like, I've okay. I've been here it's 20. more interesting. Yeah. At that it point. gets here for 20 minutes. I don't want to die now. Cause I've made it this far and it gets a little intense. And that's, I think what really it is is once you get to that, it's, it gets really like nerve wracking. <laughs> And then, like, so all of a sudden, like, you can see the zone's going to shrink soon. It's like, okay, who's going to move first? Who's going to mm-hmm. die? I like then, the fact that someone can't just camp out and hide and wait for people. So. Well, you yeah. can. You can get lucky and camp out. And I've certainly got a few. Cam- and the thing that sucks about it is if, you get a ca- if someone camps you, like, you can't do shit about it because you're out of the game. But it also makes you more careful about the decisions you make. But sometimes being aggressive also pays off. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell. But so I think that's really the allure of it is that it just gets so intense at the end. And the nice thing is, is you can play a round and you can start to finish if you win inside of 20 minutes. So you can hop on, do that quick and go about your business or keep going or whatever. Hmm. And then, so there's Fortnite, which I fucking hate. Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know about it. And I hate so, it already. I, yeah, it it wasn't, it, it wasn't yeah. battle Royale initially. So what it was is like, there's this, it's like, it was like a weird zombie horde defense game where, uh, you would, uh, you go on this map and you have to do a bunch of stuff and then eventually you would get attacked by the zombies and you had to hold out against them. But you could build forts like via, st- via materials collected. And so you would build a fort while waiting for this to happen and then you would get you know, sworn by zombies and you would try to get them. And I played that before it was a battle royale game. And I hated it because 80% of the game is inventory management. <laughs> yeah, I would see how that would suck ass. It's like you're playing Skyrim more you know some other skyrim skyrim job (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it was 80 percent inventory management and then when i thought i had good gear i would use it and then it's like oh this gear is terrible like so not only did i spend so much time managing my gear i had no idea whether it was good or not and i said fuck this and then i had PUBG. so i'm like oh this is so much more funner and then fortnite added battle royale and then fortnite is also free to play so it got more people PUBG is it's 30 dollars and the fact that I have like almost 200 hours into it, I feel like it's a pretty good fucking value. It's a lot of time. Yeah. Good. Do you mm-hmm. like, okay, so one of the reasons I'm a console gamer yeah. and I don't like playing online is because I don't like people, people. screaming. Just end. Well, people. I don't like I people. could end it right there, but I don't <laughs> like 13 year old kids screaming the worst, like, most offensive things on earth at me all the time do you deal with that at all that i you know they they've 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 cleaned up PUBG a little bit but if you were in the waiting lobby and you did not hear at least three end bombs by like a squeaker in that minute while you were a, waiting a squeaker i'm the, assuming the is a, year old. okay yeah. <laughs> i like that yeah if you, you, if you didn't hear it at least squeaker. three times you you had a if you heard it less than three times like oh it's a good group it's a good mm. group Mm-hmm. And so you do that, and uh, so it's like an AOL chat group back in the day. <laughs> it it depends on how many like because now they have a mute everyone except team. Okay, but what's what's fun about it? Because so like when I play with my buddies, we use a separate VoIP program, but like they have in-game VoIP. So like you can be like you can like you can voice fuck with over them. internet protocol. Yeah, <laughs> over, yep. Yes, yes. Talk over internet. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, you in you they have in game that is like that when you speak other people can hear you and it's 
distance-based and directional-based. So you can use that to fuck with people in-game, too. Okay, that's So there's, there's an element to it that kind of works, but sometimes you, you get the fucking squeakers. So. I feel like if I'm doing the PC gaming, I just want to do the Buffalo Bill voice, like, all the time. Yeah. Like, that, I would just be <laughs> the worst troll imaginable. That's, yeah. What what we'll do to screw us? So there's, I think, the fake. I think it's John Lejeune. He has a song called "Show Me Your Genitals." It's a very <laughs> terrible and offensive song. And what like so like in PUBG, like you get knocked out before you die, and then like you know if you have teammates that are up so they can revive you. So what we'll do is we you will you can play that song in the in-game VoIP really loud and people won't know where you are exactly and it's just super <laughs> funny and then they have to listen to this terribly offensive song too at the okay. same time so it's totally it's very much worth it to do it who like can that. be the most offensive person yeah it is often there. a contest on uh, shooters especially in like if you do Counter-Strike Go or some bullshit like that and like all of this like I have no you're talking complete Greek to me like yeah. I've heard like they're buzzwords to me yeah, Fortnite true. and all this stuff PUBG like I have no idea. I've never seen any of these games. They don't really actually interest me. I'm with Kyle. I'm a console gamer. Like, I did try. I, my only venture into PC gaming is I bought Skyrim okay. and did all the mods. Oh, that, that is great. That Skyrim and mods is amazing. So that's, like, the only thing that I ever fucked with as yeah. far as, like, PC gaming goes. Uh, it's kind of fun. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, like, to see this crazy shit that they do, I wanted to have that experience, and I wanted the higher resolution. My mm-hmm. problem is, what you realize is that you can make any skin look beautiful, mm-hmm. but the, if the engine is shit, it still looks like mannequins moving around. Now, that happened with Fallout 4 now, too. So, same engine as Skyrim. Same developer, Bethesda. Yep. Yeah, we're going back to Fallout again. Yeah. So That's my game. They uh, so that had the same engine, and then for PC they had a, oh there's a high definition texture pack, so but your game is also going to take up almost a hundred gigs on your hard drive, and it's like, okay I have to add fifty six more gigs to this, and it made it run like dog shit because the old engine could like it made everything look beautiful, but unless you had like the best computer ever, it 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 really dragged it down just because those H those high definition textures on some of that just. Oof. And that, I, I think that's, like, a beautiful thing with, like, yeah. the one thing I'm envious of, like, PC gaming community is, like, the mod culture, like, the Bethesda mm-hmm. has is, like, all of the, the crazy shit that you can do. You can make an entirely new game using the tools. Like Enderreal, which is a total conversion mod for Skyrim that makes a completely new game in a different section of the Elder Scrolls universe. And I think that's really, like, that's a yeah. beautiful thing, the fact that Bethesda is so, like like restrictive that allows you to do as long as you're not charging people for it they're pretty you, cool that yeah you could do that and i think that's really like i like that that's a you don't get like you and i are both sony people kyle and they're mm-hmm. super super restrictive they're as bad as apple when it comes to restrictions on platforms there's no cross platform play oh yeah they are microsoft and pc people in general just like trashing sony it's like Oh, it just wouldn't work. It's like, no, it would work. You just don't want it to. <laughs> right. And so, and I'm kind of envious of that because I like, I appreciate other people's ingenuity yeah. into a game that you love. And so, yeah, I ventured out into Skyrim and sometimes it's hit and miss because you install a mod and it's by someone who's 
maybe not you. so good and it's fucking buggy and it crashes your whole fucking game. Or it doesn't work with another mod and they conflict with each other and then like you get some weird crazy. So, you know. If you are a person that's a PC gamer that yeah. knows software that understands all that stuff, it's just part of the part of the deal. If you're like me, I don't know that much about it. It fucking pisses you off and you want to pick up your monitor and throw it across the room. But what's what's nice though is so it's better nowadays and like we started like when I had to use boot disk and shit and DOS like playing a game just getting a game even started was a pain in the ass. Now you install Steam, you click download, you click play, you are in. It is right so much easier than it was. And you know I'm gonna be like all like you know curmudgeon the old man and hipster about it, but it's like you know <laughs> you know back when I did it was an effort to play a fucking game, but now you just download Steam and you're in, which. I can be curmudgeon about it, but that's also pretty awesome. Yeah. Because it brings people who... Make my life easier, it's, please. Well, it's also like what I foresee as the future of gaming. Mm-hmm. It's no more physical copies. I I hate that, but yeah. I love I, well, physical copies. I know you do, but you, we are the opposite in very many ways. Like you, you like collectible things. I hate stuff in general. I mean, for most of the part, I hate stuff, but there's a few things that, that I will get stuff. True. Video games... Records, definitely records. Laser discs, yes. HD DVDs. Hey, you know, I got those. It was years ago, and I haven't gotten any more. You got so, you. You, bought, you went to the wrong camp, huh? I did. I got just just to retrace my steps. I got really into it when they released Tokyo Drift on HD DVD. Is that the guilty like, pleasure the of mine? Hey, the now, gotcha that is like... actually also a guilty pleasure of mine too. So, so you understand yes, it. When yeah. that came out, I remember going to the store and seeing it. They had it playing. And one of the cars is driving at night and it's black. And that thing looked like it was dripping fucking wet. It looked so damn good. So like and that I was 87 like, Skyline or something? I got It was uh, <laughs> like a 95 RX-7. Nice. And I was just like, this is I'm getting this because it wasn't on Blu-ray. And I wanted to there watch. Was, there was there was a real movie. you really had it the, it the the depending on what and see that's that's what I don't get because if you're a Sony guy, I mean that's the Blu-ray camp, buddy. That well, was the Blu-ray I, camp back in the day, back in 06. Let me tell you. And I yes, get that, but and, yeah, but at the same time, it, the movies you wanted and whether they're variable one could really pick the camp for you. Yeah, at the time, it really could because it was split. I mean, which studios were going with what was split at the time? And then time. porn went to uh, Blu-ray, which is how VHS won over Betamax. Yeah, which is so dumb because the, if you have a computer, you have the world. But in, this was in your hands. Hey, this was twelve years ago now, though. This wasn't people weren't uh, on the up and up about it as far as that goes. So, but now, like I. A movie, I, w- I do not want to buy a fucking movie. I will yep. not, I refuse to buy movies or anything now in physical format. And that's really interesting. And maybe we'll get to it this episode. Maybe we won't. But so, if, like, for you, do you know, like, you don't chase physical media and a lot of the, like, remasters and things like that are attached to physical media because it's true. The nostalgia market is very strong. There is a lot of physical media out there that you can collect that is very unique. Like, it's only to that particular thing. It's not released digitally. And so, like, for me, like, I'm a movie freak. So, like, I care about format, how it's presented, and, mm-hmm. and all those things. And for, like, for you, like, do you chase that dragon as much? Like, if Not a- as much. So, the thing with movies for me, it was like, okay, so here's this movie I had on VHS. Mm-hmm. 
and then DVD comes along, and I'm getting the same thing on like DVD. Like how I own Star Wars like five times, probably. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, I got Star Wars on fucking Laserdisc too, and it's like, so there's VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, you know, HD DVD, Blu-ray. Now there's 4K Blu-ray, and it's just like, buy the same movie again and again and again and again and again. Yeah. And it's like, I'm fucking tired of it. I can stream it and in mm-hmm. at the highest quality that's available right now and be done with it. And I've watched this movie so many damn times already. Do I really need to buy it again? So do you like so do you make an effort then to like like say Blade Runner? The the restored version versus like what you got on the VHS Ridley Scott Industrial is a Complex. Huge. Oh man, I got that special fucking edition on HD DVD that came in the fucking briefcase and all that. And I was, oh god damn it, I don't need but, that shit again. I've seen that movie so many times, I don't need to watch it again. But like the thing is, do you like for yeah. me? Like that was a huge to see it from like the DVD version or the VHS version to like the restored version was like such a like an important experience because you get to see it exactly as it was meant to be and it looks absolutely mm-hmm. amazing like do you would you be like well i'm gonna find that streaming or are you gonna be like find it on pirate bay and like i don't do that either that's just i'm so lazy i can't even illegally download anything well and to, to illegally <laughs> download something and not get caught you, you gotta kind of know what you're doing like you gotta run a vpn and then you have to have a kill switch in case it dies because vpns die all the time if you're not watching them and uh i, I remember that because my other roommate didn't know how to fucking do it and did it from his computer, and then all of a sudden, just like I get an email from Comcast, it's like, "Oh, you're downloading and I, the best." It was the best because it was fucking Veronica Mars. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking downloading. It's like, "Oh, this is the DMCA email I get, Veronica Mars, you fucking asshole." <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, That's, uh, anyways, yeah, so but, you're not necessarily chasing, like, like me. I want to experience things as a filmmaker intended them. So. You know, like I bought the special edition of Blade Runner, just like you. I have mm-hmm. it. I love it. And watching that movie, like, you know, on my television, like, it's absolutely, like, fucking amazing. And it holds up better than most modern things released. So, you, like, what do you, do you not, like, is that not as important to you as just the... Movies just aren't as important to me anymore. It depends, yeah. Television has been really doing better, I think, yeah. in the last four or five years than than movies have. It's like there is there is a few things, but like your old ones, like your Blade Runner, and like that really good classic era. Like I'm kind of okay with it, but at the same time, sometimes directors go too far. Well, that's yes, we all know about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I mean, there, it depends. Is is what I'm gonna say. There's times, like Blade Runner, I will agree with definitely. But then you go the George Lucas route, where you have stormtroopers on dobacks. He's a green childhood ruiner. He wants to ruin everyone's childhoods. Mm -hmm. He wants to ruin everyone's Mm -hmm. visions of everything. If he could take a shit on you, he's going to do it. He doesn't Mm -hmm. care. But you know, like Blade Runner, that looked fucking amazing, Mm -hmm. restored. So at this point in time, though, like unless I really, 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 really like something, Mm -hmm. I'll pass on it. Yeah, it has to. It really has to be in my wheelhouse to want to. So really, so like Scott Pilgrim, I own that in a physical copy it's because. True. And then I you like got mad movie. at me the other day. And you, I have not watched it the entire way through. Either. Yeah, <laughs> and like for so for you, like just a, a DVD copy is like just the movie itself is fine. Like just, and you're you're cool. You don't 
Like that that's that's not necessarily like a visual spectacle. It is, but it's like well, if I wanted to watch Blade, I wouldn't pull out the VHS and watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I would watch <laughs> whatever the current thing is, but I'm not going to buy it. Gotcha. Like for me, like there there's a legitimate like I'm still in transition i still struggle with it. so i watched event horizon last night oh, that amazing movie so I, that amazing. movie scared the shit out of me it when still kind of scares the it's shit out of me it's still great the problem is i have the dvd and putting it on my television it shrinks it to like half of the screen it's still widescreen but it's like this much and then there's like black screen and tvs do that yeah, yeah. and I really love the movie, but I'm like, you know what? I'd really appreciate if this movie was fucking redone. And I think they have a 1080p version. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've got a 4K though. So yeah. still, it's better than I, DVD, I guess. You know, it. It's I would I would prefer it. Like I enjoyed that movie enough where I would want to see it. Fucking full blast HDR. Like just mm-hmm. get it into my eyeball holes and experience it because it's a good movie. I've seen that movie twice. I saw. I've seen it. I saw it in a theater. I think I saw it. So the first time I saw it was in the theater. Me too. As a kid, and I was like, so in ninety seven, ninety eight, seven. Fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, all right, I won't sleep for the next few days. And then I watched it maybe a couple years ago to revisit it because I was like, fuck, I don't want to watch that movie again (laughs) because it was disturbing. Watch again. It wasn't that bad. It's still pretty. It's but still pretty it's freaky, still, man. Yeah. yeah, it has the best like slow mo, like horrifying scenes. Like, because when the movie came out, VHS was still really popular. Mm-hmm. And what you would do to see what the fuck was going on is you would slow mo your VHS uh-huh. yeah, cool. to like slow down what was happening in the frames. Because like towards the end of that movie, Lawrence Fishburne's character is shown the horrors that are to come. Oh, that real quick flash. Yeah, so yes. it's really quick flashes of like these horrifying scenes. And they're like literally People holding like, their eyeballs and shit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. But you could only see that if you slowed the movie down. Yeah. But like, it's such a great, it's still, it's amazing to me. Like when I saw it, like I love like the floating shit with the, of Mitch- Oh, there's the, the microgravity and whatever. Yeah. Like that was, and like seeing it now, like on that, um, it's just like, God damn, that looks terrible. But it's still a really good gripping movie. Well, that movie were those is why practical I'm... or CGI? Some Practical, I right? gotta think. CGI okay. it's it's both. Yeah, so okay. the zero G effects are CGI, so it's like the kind of have shit. to be. Yeah. And like it reminded like when I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, this is like so realistic and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, it's fucking glaringly CGI. Like it's it's terrible. But the rest of the movie, the practical effects are absolutely amazing. Like, so an, an interesting thing, more probably for you, is that the people that did the effects for that movie also did the effects for Hellraiser. Okay, well then that makes sense. That's another yeah, one I haven't seen in a while. Like, I've seen it, but I almost don't remember it because it's been so long. And that's why I watched Thing the other day with my dog, you. who actually got super engrossed in it, which is weird. Well, maybe it was the dogs. Yeah, the it's true. He did do that at the barking, but like usually he'll kind of pay attention. He was like locked into that movie for at least half of it, and I'm like, all right, dog. See, dog that, that's an amazing movie. I may be convinced to get a physical copy of yeah. the thing. And I, I, those practical effects, those held up for me. They really did. Oh, I mean, yeah, you could see that you could see that they were, you know, the techniques maybe were dated, but they still, I think they still held up a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Let's try and loop back around yeah. to yeah, piece of Is there, 
you know, there's there's a lot of things that go into PCs and mm-hmm. whether it's gaming or processing power or whatever we're talking Correct. about. Uh, you know, it just seems like a never ending. Like the one thing that turns me off about it is like it's a never ending pursuit. It is a dragon chase. It really is at times. Like, like like I said, I pre-ordered a graphics card. And I have a graphics card that can run new games at 60 frames a second. But I still pre-ordered an $800 graphics card. $800. So, <laughs> and that's not even the highest end of this new generation. No, and, and like you, $2,000. Bucks I, I can only assume you're the type of person who you are building your own computer. Yes, you I have built my own computer. You would never do anything forever. but build your own computer. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a Mac laptop for like just doing shit you know, around because like building a laptop, you just can't do that anymore. There was mm-hmm. a time where you could do that for a period of time, but even then it was kind of a pain in the ass. But uh, yeah, I've always built my own. And then there's the... Uh, my, one of my favorite subreddits are battle stations where people just make the most insane, clean looking. You can't even see a cable if you use the microscope. I, I do like those. Those are uh, my OCD really appreciates those. <laughs> no, I and I'm built like I'm currently building a new desk just so I can have like a perfect like just super battle station that maybe I won't get screamed at because it sucks on that sub. Almost. Nice. <laughs> or I also appreciate the pictures of the people who have like just shit oh, cigarette bars. Our and shitty stuff. battle stations. Yeah. Oh, there's one. There's for there's that. the subreddit called shitty battle stations, like cigarette ashes all over a keyboard, like 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 forty Mountain Dew cans just crushed. Where you up the all computer the, the keyboard for the computer is so dirty the only keys that you can tell get used are for Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. What are the keys for Pornhub? P O R N H U B and then it's the mouse. That kind of thing. But we've like said in the show before, like, I don't what the fuck is Reddit? I don't I don't even know. Reddit is is it the like, best and the worst place on the internet? Like, so, like I just assume it's like 4chan or something like that. It is, but it's a little less terrible. Like they have terrible subs. Like R the Donald is the most popular terrible sub, where the the tagline of the subreddit is literally "Our God King, Donald <laughs> Trump." But I've heard of other things like. I'm a big Berserk fan, so there's like a subreddit called Berserkle Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that kind of interests me, but it not enough for me to actually go and look. Yeah. So there's I, a subreddit. There's at least five subreddits for everything, like every single thing, right? And a lot of them are circle jerks. Don't get me wrong. Like the uh, No Man's Sky subreddit. Which now, No Man's Sky was terrible. I bought it when it came out because it's supposed to be great. Yeah. Oh, I remember I the all the hype, hype and it. disappointment. And now it's now what it is now. They've they've actually worked so hard in updating. It's probably what it should have been, and it's actually kind of good now. I I actually plan on picking that up for my girlfriend for her birthday because nice. she's way into space. And actually, I was gonna say something when we were talking about Event Horizon. Yeah. That is the movie that maybe not give a shit about space. And I don't care if we ever go there or not. Fuck space. <laughs> Number one, I am a member of the Planetary Society. I don't know if you know this. But, I, I do now. And uh, so I, I love space games. Like, I have Elite Dangerous. I even have, on my computer, I have a, a HOTAS setup, which is a joystick and then the throttle. It's like a two-piece thing for, like, full flight sim glory. Because that's what I used to do so like all the, the time. the armored... Core controller then. That's what I used to do back in the day. And Elite Dangerous is an actual super semi uh, 
space combat sim and actually space mining sim or space just flying around and trading shit. That sim. sounds like a great time. Simulation space mining. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. It's really, a lot of the game is really boring, but I like flying around. And it's it's ultra-realistic. They do gravity right. They try to model the entire galaxy, like all four billion stars in actual detail. Like when you're going light speed and you do go too close towards a uh, gas giant, you actually, the gravity well will slow you down. It's modeled insanely. And they have a a flight assist, so it flies like if you were in atmosphere. But you can turn it off, so there's actually no gravity. Where if you're really good, you're an amazing pilot. But most of the time, you'll spin around like crazy because you don't know how to adjust your attitude. But yeah, you just said a bunch of words <laughs> and just like <laughs> strung Sorry, them together. I got into flight dynamics too, and I get real sure, into that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What happens if you're going the speed of light and you hit space debris? There's debris out in space. It's true, what but like like Event Horizon is. Remember, what is the shortest point? Or the shortest distance between two points? Zero. The same point. Yeah. Tip to tip. Docking. <laughs> it's ba- space docking. It's, it's, space it's docking. basically high energy space warp docking. <laughs> That's amazing. Is there a Pornhub channel on that? Probably. There probably <laughs> is. But, yeah, but, but Reddit, yeah. So, but like the No Man's Sky subreddit is the saddest circle jerk ever right <laughs> so like sometimes they, they show sad some jerky? sometimes they show some if you short by if you <laughs> if you sort by like top all time you get some cool stuff and then you get some good tutorials and like how to do whatever but if you just browse to like what's new or what's like trending or whatever i saw this one it, the, the saddest thing ever it, they some guy made a little dumb cartoon about how like there's some guy yelling at van gogh about with you know he's got his ear cut off you know and sunflowers or whatever sucks and then like 200 years later oh it's a masterpiece and then they made the same comparison to no man's sky about how 200 years later it's gonna be van gogh i was like oh my god holy fuck i was like and i usually i usually like i don't like contribute much but like i had to comment like this is the saddest thing i've seen in a long ass time isn't that most of reddit the saddest thing you've seen no that's most of the internet. Yeah. Oh, most. Okay, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. But like, like it's like it really depends where you go. Like a lot of it, it really is a big circle jerk. So, and then some of it isn't. So, I guess that's why the circle jerk is probably very fitting for a subreddit that like everyone's really good- <laughs> jerking each other. I like this one called Shitty Dark Souls, where they just make really shitty, terrible Photoshop memes about how they hate dex builds, and it's really dumb. But like, they just trash each other, and I think it's fun to watch. And that's what I do on that one. I have heard that that's that is also another interesting one that yeah, but I you would just probably have to... maybe like if I went there. Oh, there's good ones like hold my juice box, which is like kids like hurting themselves trying to do things, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm for that. That's yeah. one of the so few that, things I mean, in life that that's makes what me that's happy. what Reddit is. It's it's whatever you want it to be and whatever you find and put your niche into it. What I another thing that I know that I don't like about it is. Uh-huh. They have a video game vinyl. Oh, they have a sub for that? Subreddit for that. But they block anything that is like a fan release or bootleg or something like that. Oh, no. It's a, whoever mods the subs can make their or can make their own rules, and they're usually giant dicks. Because somebody recently tried to get my independent video game vinyl release <laughs> booted from Discogs. And really? I, probably someone from there. What a fucking douche. So yeah. you're on Discogs? Yes. 
and they were unsuccessful of getting you booted. Because, yeah, there has to be a vote, and nobody voted yes for getting it taken off. It was But someone votes. nominated you to get booted. Yes. And it was douchebag probably with enough time Reddit on their douche. hands. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, that, that happened to me. So, like, one of my other favorite things is it's, it's a military thing. It's called just boot things. So when people join the military, <laughs> they're called boots, as in they're out of boot camp or yeah. whatever. And the big thing is people who just get out of boot camp make really terrible decisions. Like they get married to someone they don't know. They get a Camaro at like 36% interest. <laughs> Correct. That is a common theme in just boot things. And like it's make, and then like, so I was like, oh, I, I, I enjoy all this. I fit in here. So I submitted a thing because there was someone who was in for 20 years, 17 of which we were fighting two wars. <laughs> And they never went on a deployment. And they, they had this big ceremony for her. For And then I was like, well, she's a boot 20 years later. It's like, <laughs> and then, every, I, and then I, I found out I found out the butt hurt in that subreddit. It's like, no, that's not a boot. It's like, oh, I see. You all are like her. And you're just making fun of other people. But I made fun of the wrong person here. Got it. Mm-hmm. So you'll find that. And it's like, all right, I guess I'm just lurking in this sub now. Because my humor is not appreciated here. So you find that a know. lot. I just don't even understand it. Like, I'm... On Reddit, I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to figure it out. I put the time and energy, maybe five minutes of my day, and I still don't quite grasp. It's also another thing, like like an Instagram. Like you can have your own subreddit. Like like say you have an Instagram for the show here. You can have the subreddit for the show where you talk about things related to the show. But where? How do you do? I don't even. I just don't even understand how. You're old. It's a forum, basically. <laughs> it's it's the new uh, BBS service, as it were. And you just, you know, you only go, it's like, you see on Facebook what your stupid friends post, right? And you see on Reddit what the subs you follow post. And that's just what it is. You just, it's your forum for what you want to see and what you tailor it to. So let's loop loop back back around. around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As far as. Are we recording still? Now we're, yeah, we're recording right now. Okay. So, I mean, what else is there to say, I guess? We went off on a Reddit tangent. Which. Will happen. It's uh, the black it hole, ha- as we say. I, I, I guess with people that are into that, I, I mean, I, yeah, PC people and Reddit are uh, that, that Venn diagram crosses pretty, pretty wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as you know, as far as like PCs, things like that. What else? What other questions do you have? I, I, I've said this before on this show. Like, I don't know how to computer, so I use a Mac, and I have, but. Now that's kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because I want Steam, and of course you can get Steam on Mac, but oh, yes, not all can. the games are available. I would say I about forty percent of them are. But I want Ooh. to play Dan Maku, and oh, you mean schmucks? Yeah, shooters, <laughs> not first-person shooters. I, I hate that word so much, by the way. Schmup? I fucking hate that word. I am. On... I bitch at people on Kotaku comments sometimes. Like schmups, like no, it's like it's not Japan. I'm like. Yeah, it is. This is a Japanese genre. Just say it. Yeah. And you can so, say, say bullet hell. I don't care. Yeah. Say bullet hell in English or say Dama. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I fucking hate that word so much. <laughs> I, I do everything I can when people talk about it to be like, I fucking hate that word. No, I will hit Anyways. Yeah. But yes, so it's like games like that I want to play and that's not available on Mac. So I, it's like. I suppose I could get a newer Mac. I do need a new it or whatever yeah, it is. Camp yeah. it. I do need a new computer though either way cuz my shit's from 2010. I should have told you I was selling my 2015 MacBook Pro, man. I don't 
do laptops. Oh, you do the... Uh, okay, yeah, that's fine. I get that. I get that. But uh, you could... Yeah. What is the Mac uh, desktop? Because they had the, 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 top, the standard, like, tower for a bit, but now they have some weird, like, thing that looks like some space cylinder or something. You're going to pay a lot of money... For something that doesn't like do a lot of stuff. The one that's a cylinder is like their highest. Yeah, that's one of the. It, lo- it looks like the Dragon Space Capsule. It looks like it's docking with the ISS, like but quite it's literally. Like, I do minis. I minis have minis are actually kind of decent. Yeah. So what's funny? So I, I mean, it was ages ago. Whatever. I used to work at Atomic Data, which is in the North Loop, which is a managed uh, managed services for IT. So like, if a smaller company can't doesn't have the need for a full-time IT person, they'll hire us. Or if a big company needs to offload some of their stuff, they hire us. So one of our smaller clients was uh, Keith Ellison and his uh, campaign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And their web server was literally a Mac Mini and a Taser. <laughs> those, those are so... Was deep. it the so, server version yes, of the Mini or the, just so, like a regular Mini? I, I, I never saw it in person. Because there was like was, a dedicated remote, server. One. I would remote into it. But their their whole infrastructure is run off of Mac Mini in one sort of way or another, their website and all that shit. And so it's like, the Mac Mini is actually kind of decent. So, it's, yeah. yeah, I've been getting those since I was in college. See, the thing that made me switch is back when I was in college, I think this was like 2000 or 2001, Yeah, I had a Sony computer. And I was, oh, one of those Vio laptops? It wasn't a laptop, but it was a Vio, but it okay. was a, a desktop, like a tower. There's a Vio? Wow, nice. So I was using one of those that I got from a friend, okay. and I was in the middle of doing one of my final papers, which of course I was doing the night before, because that's how I did finals <laughs> oh, in yeah, college. Right, that's what yep. you do. I think everyone does that. And it, this computer, it crashed on me many times before, but it crashed on me right in the middle of that, and I fucking lost everything. Mm-hmm. I just freaked the fuck out. I took it outside. I smashed it with an axe. So you office spaced the shit out of it. I office spaced the shit out of it because it kept doing it, and it did it at the worst possible time. Smashed it. I went out and bought, like, the first gen mini, and I've been getting them ever since. Hey, they're decent. You, and I've you never made had a, a problem. Switch. Yeah, no. You made a decent switch, so it's that. And but So, yeah, there's Steam. Like, I have Steam on my Mac. And I have a MacBook Pro with, like, the one, that just the low, I think I could get an actual non-integrated graphics card. It's like, it's a lap, it's a mobile laptop for me to do work and work on bullshit. But it also is like, I want to play games, you know? Like, the two games I currently play on it are, I play Kerbal Space Program, which is fucking great. Another space game. Where you just build rockets, and you actually have to kind of know, it teaches you orbital mechanics, which is kind of cool, I think. And I also, the, the other current guy has played Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun. So this is going to speak to our, 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 Japanese, our, our Japanese thing. But it's, it's in full Japanese if you want it. And you can do the English subtitles. But it's, uh, so it's uh, early Shogun era, so like mid-17th century. Mm-hmm. And you control five guys, top-down stealth, and it's super fucking awesome. And that's what I've been playing lately, too, on it. So you can do a fair amount of Steam on the Mac. Obviously, that you can't do it all. But, but you do enough. The the only thing I have is uh, Hotline Miami two. Oh, I haven't played two. Hotline Miami one, amazing. Yes. The soundtrack even more amazing. Oh yes, and and two, both one and two, amazing soundtracks. And that's, I have to get into two because I really should listen to the soundtrack for two because I love the soundtrack for one. I, I feel like the actual game itself isn't as good as the first one, but the okay. the soundtrack in the second one is a uh, above and beyond and. 
we've talked about Synthwave on the show before. Yep. True. But I feel like the Hotline Miami games are what really brought Synthwave like to people's attention. Yeah. Like that was the catalyst right there that got everyone. You don't think it's the Drive movie? Move me? Move me? <laughs> drive move, move me? me? Move me? That, that that's true. also part the, of the it music, as well. Like, because Drive movie? Okay. How dare but you? Like this, the... Drive movie, not... Um, What's his name who did most of the soundtrack, but like the other one? Cliff Martinez, yes. But like Kavinsky and others being in it was really the more thing because Cliff Martinez, not so much. So there's some good, like the story of Drive, meh. The the technical driving shit in uh, Drive, yes. Cinematography, Cinematography, the music, yeah, all that. Great. Story? Yeah, it's like whatever. The story just kind of, as long as it did all this other cool stuff, I feel was like, like, yeah, I'm okay with it. With Nicholas Whining Refn, like the story is really secondary to him just filming being cool technical shit. and yeah. awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm, and that's why I'm kind of fine with it. I'm like, yeah, I'll deal with this kind of crummy story to just do all this other cool shit. I'm really okay with that. Neon Demon. Yeah. 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 Have you seen Neon Demon? No, I'm not even aware of it until this moment. Okay. Well, it's. I don't know if anyone in the world likes it besides Eric R. and I. Yes. It's, a, it's one of those movies. It's a typical one of his movies that's very minimal dialogue. It's beautifully shot. Just the technicality of how he sets up shots, how he tells stories through the shots and action. It's two different movies also in one. Yes. True. And so I love that movie. And I like really like shockingly like bizarre things so it hit like it hit all the right buttons yeah for me. especially the second half did you Ooh. see eric s did you mm-hmm. see only god forgives no okay all right so i got two two to watch so here. that's you know two more movies by the same guy i did not like only god forgives see and i really liked it the only thing that movie brought to me was that every light in thailand is red Yes. So interesting fact about Nicholas Winding Refn is the fact that he's colorblind. So when he does his cinematography, he shifts his colors to extremes so that it... He notices it? He, yeah, he processes it. So that's why all of his movies have these extreme colorings to them is because it's, it makes up for the deficit that he has. Okay. Well, so before we get too far off track on Synthwave... <laughs> or last episode. So... so uh, Wednesday night at the Uptown VFW is uh, Transmission, which is an all new wave '80s dance. Oh party. yeah! So if you've we never keep talking been, about how we're gonna go there, and we haven't been there since it's moved to the VFW. So what's great is so there's there's a good crowd of like it's weird there's a good crowd of like you know 20s right, which is I I always find strange, but there's a lot of 20 somethings there right, and then there's like my friend James who we hung out who is a 52 year old six foot five black man, and he grew up on the south side of Chicago, but he, New Wave was his music at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, he liked the whitest music ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got kind of drunk one night on Wednesday, and he fucking danced his ass off for like 45 minutes straight. Just perfect. Just to like New Order and fucking bullshit like that, and it was great. You it's mean kind it was like 65% crust. the Smiths? And like a little bit of the cure, and then there's some other actual good music. I actually did not hear any Smiths. I'm gonna maybe it's changed since then because it was a it's historically when it was at other place, Nazi place, Nazi place. Yeah, it was very Smiths 
centric. I haven't hung around too much because I mean, like, I don't want to stay out all night on a Wednesday when I get up at five thirty with right. my dog. So. See, and then this is, this is another problem with my new job. That's not something I can really do anymore. It's really sad because we haven't gone there yet. We we were at the last night that they were open before at the old place that I got exposed that it was like, not too far. If we plan it. I will. I will go for at least an hour or two of. Of transmission, but nothing happens until after midnight. That's the problem. That's true. It gets really because, like, so, like, because, so the other thing about the VFW, it's technically a private club, so you have to scan your ID because we have to track members versus non-members, right? So and like, so I'd have to download the log of who uh, scanned in every day for our tax records, and on Wednesday night, yeah, at eleven, like. The, the amount of people that come in from 11 a.m. to 11.30 and 11.30 to 2 a.m., there's like four times as many people yeah. from 11.30 yeah, to No one bothers to show up until after, as you said, midnight. Yeah. That's yeah. When it, those not, that people who do that, they don't even go out till 11. Yep. It's so, and I'm like, all right, whatever. So, those people are either pre-drinking at home or at another bar and then roll into drinks. They just know, like, the twins would never go there before midnight. Never. Right. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things, but so yeah, that's that's my last thing on a new wave or synth wave or whatever wave all the we have. All, all the waves, yes. all the spectrum, all the '80s or '80s inspired music, mm-hmm. indeed. So and that's we... why I wore my my John Carpenter shirt today. Yes, my pork chop express. express. Yeah, big trouble in little China. Yes, and that's that was uh. So the other thing I had at Atomic Dead is I listened to the worst music in the morning. I had a playlist, and one of them was the. The credits track from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> it was just a YouTube playlist of the video of John Carpenter and whatever other guy he made music with, the, the Big Trouble in Little China. And like the music video is literally them playing music and then like an old fucking film editing station of him literally. Part of the music video is him editing Big Trouble in Little China. It was wow, so that's ridiculous. Very unexciting. <laughs> I know. It was. Clips from the movie, and then him also editing the movie. Well, like, if you don't believe me, here I am. Here, here I'm this. editing movie. I also do music. Come so listen to it. Let's let's loop the background. Do we have anything else to about PCs? Talk about PCs. Anything? Do we? Are we? Are we wrapped I don't, up? I don't we? have anything more. I don't it's, think. You know, I didn't have anything to begin with, really. It's a hardware kind of mod community, really. Like the douchier people. Like there's the oh yeah. Master race. It's like, yeah, oh, that's not doesn't sound like yes, Nazis PC. at all. Yes. <laughs> and then and then the console peasants is the other is the other console term. peasants. Yes. I I do I guess going off of that I yeah. do have one thing to say. It's like, so with a console, mm-hmm. the existing hardware is there. It's not changing. So when you're developing a game, it's you, easier. You know what you're doing, and it's easier. Making a game for a PC is a lot harder because. There are so many different things that people could have for their setup. You know, no one's going to have just this one thing. There's going to be people with the highest range stuff, and there's going to be people with mid range, and then or just low whatever shit. smattering of hardware they have, or you know, whatever yeah. HP they bought at the store. And that's also what you see the divide with iPhone and Android. Like everything really runs really great on iPhone because it's the exact same hardware, ultra controlled. Whereas Android is like, oh, you get an Android certification, make a phone. And that's that. Whole, that's that. It's a similar. It's a similar argument as far as developing for it and why things run better here or there or what have you. Because like, the the hard, the actual hardware on like a PS4 versus computer is just night and day. Because like, if if they had unified hardware on the PS4 or the Xbox One that was 
actually as physically powerful as a PC, they could run at like 16K, probably, if you did it right. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but, you know, it could it could do a lot more, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I mean, if, we don't, if we're wrapped up, yeah. I don't have anything else. Well, you should pimp his shit some more. Yeah, pimp... Pimp, so so I am what we call the I. So if you want to f- watch me boringly play video games on Twitch, I'm fast one marine, the the number one. That's what I do. I play a lot of PUBG. Sometimes I play other games. My shtick is I have no shtick because I find that annoying. So like, I'll just play video games. You want to watch it? Go for it. And I'm also the junior vice commander of the Uptown VFW. So if you want to, our beer is cheap. Our drinks are cheap in general. We have decent, greasy bar food, I think. The food was good. The I'll food, say that. Yeah. The people watching is great. The people watching, especially if you're on karaoke like later at night, it, there's some train wrecks of karaoke if you want to see that shit. So it is just a good-ass time. And it's, ten, and it's we're a nonprofit. So if you spend money there, the money goes back to the community. So Super sweet. All right. Lake and Lindale, Uptown, Minneapolis. And... He obviously pimped transmission on Wednesdays. Yes, transmission on Wednesdays there as well. If you're, a, if you're a New Wave fan, so yeah. What what other is there different events on other yes, nights? Yes, so like this Saturday we had first amateur wrestling, so that's super cool. We have shows all the time, and we have Dillinger Four coming up in February. Now that uh, uh, sadly Triple uh, Triple Rock is closed, that is sad. So their primary venue is gone. So they're they're playing at the Uptown VFW in February. They're opening with uh, Victory, which their bass player is one of our bartenders. So he's a, he's a big fan, obviously. Um, so we have shows all the time. We have a lot of stuff like that. Um, transmission on Wednesdays. Uh, we just have a lot of stuff. And we have karaoke every night of the week in the old back bar. So. Sweet. Every. We did get voted by the city pages the best place to get a date interesting yes. okay yes so if you want and that's specifically at karaoke though so if you want to pick up a date like sing a great song apparently okay and then have some chick really be into it right. and or man you know whatever. whatever your preference is yeah so yeah that's apparent we're apparently the best place to get a date so come on down i will keep that in mind for the future <laughs> if things happen <laughs> indeed yeah all right Hopefully my girlfriend doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, this is Eric. This is Kyle. And this is Eric S. Thanks for the uh, you know coming on and talking.